Welcome to Wicked Wisdom, a podcast presented by Wicked Southern California, with your host Stephanie Cobian. Wicked Wisdom follows the same theme as Wicked, also known as Women in Cable Telecommunications, whose mission is to develop women leaders who transform our industry. Enjoy. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again for Wicked Wisdom. This is Stephanie Cobian. I'm here with a very special guest today. Um, somebody I've known for a couple years, and I've read a lot of his scripts. He is a jack of all trades. Tom, and I might mess up his last name, Tara Renawicz, um, or he goes also by Tom T. Tom is, the reason I brought him on today is he's really cool. He's, he's an animation, and I don't know a lot of animation people in my sphere. Um, me personally, I don't know how much of others women in WIC do, um, but he's really cool. He um, has a Bachelor of Fine Arts, his Fine Arts degree, and then he started an animation on Ralph, oh, Ralph Bash. 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 Lord of the Rings. He's done a lot of other things. He's worked on He-Man and She-Ra. Um, Tom, there's a whole bunch of other things here. I'm going to just kind of list a couple things. He went to Walt Disney Feature Animation Development. He worked as a story artist on films such as Lion King and Aladdin and the Roger Rabbit shorts. Um, one of the things I know he went on to was Marvel Films New World Animation as Studio Head, Creative Executive Producer and Head of Development and Production of all series. These included Biker, Mike from Mars, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Little Shop of Horrors, Party Town, and Party Town Friends. Um, and he's also produced and directed CBS Primetime Special The Magic Paintbrush. Got a whole bunch of other things in there as well, but the other thing, he um, started his own animation studio, um, Tom, if I'm right, which is called, um, what's the name, G7 Animation, right? Well, it's, it's officially Tom T Animation Incorporated, but that always sounded really pompous to me, so I, a bunch of, we formed a bunch of people and we didn't know what to call it, so I said, well, there's seven of us, let's call it Gang of Seven. That was before all this stuff happens where now there's a million G7s running around the political world. So, oh. so it's, it's the official name, if somebody wants to sue me, is Tom T Animation. If they just want to look me up, G6, Gang of Seven or G7 Animation will work. Gang of Seven, yeah. I actually think that's pretty cool, especially if you started out with the, the seven people. Um, so let's just get started. So that's a little bit of your background. Was there anything on that, Tom, that you wanted to add about what you've kind of done? I think you've done so much. Um, well, I, I kind of, my, my career has been focused on trying to do the best possible product. And that's how I got to control so many things. I decided I had to learn to be a writer, a director, a producer. I could always draw. So that was the entryway into animation for me that, you know, back then. You, uh, I'm, Nowadays, not quite so much, I don't think. But, uh, you know, I directed a feature film for Filmation. And uh, it was, it's always a way of trying to do a good product. And I always found that, for me, what worked is, um, I believe you only have to try to do about 10% more than everybody else and you'll succeed. You don't have to be like 100% better than everybody. Because most people are just so damn lazy. They don't try. Or they're so... Well, they're so content and smug in what they have, they don't challenge themselves. And that's a real failing in a lot of people is they're afraid to really take a hard look at their talents and go, you know, I really have to improve in this and I'm not the best in the room. Let me see what I can do to get up to that uh, level. Oh, I like that. I think that's actually really, really 
smart. And I do think people are lazy and, um, or don't try their, their best, which is unfortunate because there's so much potential in everybody. Um, so just a couple uh, questions I would love to ask you is, so you're in animation. What is your favorite animated show? Could be one you've worked on, could be one you've not worked on. That's on today? Sure. Oh, or well. all time either. Well, today, well, it's kind of a tough question. I don't have an all-time favorite. Um, the shows I worked on, the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart is Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah. It was a big hit in the 90s because it reflects my personality. You, you know me relatively well, Stephanie. I tend to have a bit of a, be a, bit of a wise guy. <laughs> and and it, it's got that swagger to it, that macho Detroit swagger. I come from Detroit. And, you know, sort of, but I like to think of myself as not a bad guy. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a jerk, I don't think. You, no, you can, not at all. You, you can type on a Chiron, he really is a jerk if you want to later, but, um, you, you know, and uh, so that reflected my personality. That's, my, that's always near and dear to me. Um, as far as I have a soft spot for the Brave Star feature I did back in the late 80s, which was a TV show for filmation, but they, we, I, did, I directed and produced the feature film just because I brought in a really good budget. It was a good story. It's everything worked out on that. There's all kinds of things. As far as other people's shows, enough about me. <laughs> is uh, I, I like some shows around now. It depends. Like I like Robot Chicken. It's fun. I like uh, Archer. That that's fun. Um, uh, and as far as kids shows, I, I a couple of years ago I liked a thing called Teen Titans Go just because it was so. Yeah unpredictable so I, I have a range of things i like and, and uh, you know it'd be easier for me to uh say what i don't like but there's no point in that in case i end up in some studio this week <laughs> which we hope right we're always rooting for you tom because i've read many of your scripts and i i would love to see um some of the newer ones come to life um so what has been you named a couple things that you really were passionate about has there been a like a passion project you've worked on? Well, once again, as you know from having read or uh, a lot of my scripts, I think I have a pretty wide range of things. And I obviously, I like whatever I come up with. I don't go, oh, hell, I'll just do this damn thing. <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, but a project I've, I've lived with forever, literally, is that one we read recently about uh, Thor, The Twilight of the Gods. Yes. Because I, I, mean, I have been working on things since like the, the early 80s, working on it, because I really like that subject matter. It has nothing to do with the Marvel Thor. So that's something I'd like to get done. I have a project that I co-created and wrote with a couple, a couple other guys called Dark Realm, which is probably the single best project I will ever have created in my lifetime. But the problem is it's an original project, original property. And that's hard to sell, as you know. They always want to think, oh, well, uh, it's Star Wars. Okay, they, they want to know what the property is they can play off of. But it's got one of those things that when I do a pitch, people physically react at one point in the pitch. Like they actually get out of their chair. It's that cool a reversal in the story. And that, I wish I could say I do that every day, but no, I did it once. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff. Probably the thing I'm keenest now are two things. Um, and just cut me off if I'm wandering too far upfield here, Stephanie. Uh, right. it's, I'm really hot on animated horror films because no, nobody's done it, really. It's Japanese have done it to some extent, but um, 
but in the Western world. And the guy that worked at my studio was a, it was an artist, the late Bernie Wrightson, who was probably the world's premier horror artist, Stephen King's favorite horror artist. So we designed several films with that in mind, working with Clive Barker, who's a horror author. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like something that could be out there and really make a mark in the, in the, in the, in the audience out there. So I'm really passionate on that. And oddly enough, after having done the, the projects you mentioned, which is like He-Man, Biker Mice, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, The Hulk, I mean, those are testosterone laden. You know, they're testosterone laden. I find myself developing a lot of stuff now about female empowerment. And I'm not sure why I went down that path. It just kind of happened. Kind of, just the change of the times. Yeah, well, I just, well, as I told you the, uh, once, um, I really do truly believe this, that women are the, the superior part of our species. I really do believe that. I think, man, I think we're a bunch of lunkheads, uh, you know, and uh, we're just big and strong and we can get things off a of high shelf. So that's kind of our use as far as I'm that concerned. That does come across in your writing. I find that your female, you ha have stronger female characters. You make them multidimensional. Um, you're not just saying this, and I can tell viewers, listeners that, because, you know, a lot of people, men, who try to write female characters, make them very one-dimensional, and it's very frustrating. And not only are you giving them multi-dimensions in general, but you're doing it in animation, which I find is just another level on top of trying to add layers to a story, because you now don't have a person acting, you have to actually draw it and create it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it, it's it, it's just, I think there's more to it. You can get, with guys, if you write a script about men, and this is a broad, these are broad strokes, sometimes you deal with the surface, you know, they, they have their action, they have their, usually they're kind of funny, or they're real grim or something, and you kind of start, you don't get that deep into it, because men are basically shallow. We really are. We really are. And that's, that's the rub between uh, women and men. And, uh, but women have depth. They deal with emotions. Everything is resolved like that to a bigger extent, I believe, anyway. And so there's more to explore, and it comes out when you're writing a character. You know, I can't have the Frankenstein creature start crying over what's going wrong in life and how, you know, blah, 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 blah. It just isn't going to work. But if I take Frankenstein, Elizabeth Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein's fiance, and have her emoting, you're right with it. And I can understand where that would go. I really do. Oh, I think I do, anyway. You, you sometimes set me straight. But, um, you know, so it gives that dimensionality. So one of the things I'm developing that I'm very hot on now is, or I did, and we're starting to go out with again, is this property called Bomb Queen, which is based on an image comic book, the people that did Walking Dead. And it had an article about it in Hollywood Reporter just a week or two ago. So it's heating up, and that's very much about female empowerment. Oh, that's pretty cool. Who, who do you have as a main actress for Bomb Queen? I've read Bomb Queen, and Bomb Queen is a... Uh, <laughs> Tom, how would you, okay, sexy vigilante? Well, she's, she's basically a supervillain who is yeah. irredeemably evil. Yeah. But what, what I tried to imbue in her, and it comes from the comic book creator, Jimmy Robinson, too, I can't take all the credit, is you, as, she's just evil. She, she's not trying to be good at all. And people go, what's her character arc? And I say, well, she gets worse. <laughs> You know, people have that problem with, um, you know, that, that tends to sometimes, sometimes they just want a bad character to be a bad character. Uh, well, well, 
Well, the key is, I found, is you have to do what, what they did on Breaking Bad, uh, Walter White, where he was nothing but bad, nothing, he was a bad human being, but you were with him and you liked him. So it's trying to get a charm into this character that will simply blow you up right. if she doesn't like you. She will kill you. And so, but that's something I really think has a place out there. It will take a brave studio to do that. Yeah. You know, you know, but part of what I find myself as an independent doing is trying to do projects that I don't compete with Disney. Right. I don't have to compete with those kind of people because Disney is not going to do Bomb Queen. It just isn't going to happen. So, yeah. you know, anyway. Straight so off the title. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. No, I think that's really great. Um, so who, has there been anybody... Tom, in animation, because um, you've been in you've been working in in Hollywood for a long time now. Has there been someone who's mentored you, or someone who's guided you, or seen you kind of through, helped you with things? I mean, I think a lot of the WIC members we we are really into high mentoring. Have you ever had a mentor, and what was your experience in that? Well, I would say no. I never had somebody that was like the go-to person, like the person that taught me everything. It's more of a, a, a combination of a number of people who have done things and giving me chances and seen something that uh, helped me push my career ahead. The first was working with Ralph Bakshi, who people may not know, but he did Fritz the Cat. Everybody seems to kind of know of a Fritz the Cat. That was an X-rated cartoon in the 70s. And um, I worked with him. And the thing about Ralph is he, he loved artists. And he was a re he's really important. In fact, I believe that without Ralph, there would be no animation industry today. I think it would have I think it would have died out. And I think he's very underrated in that way. Wow. But I saw, but he loved artists. He had his own, he was his own particular set of problems to deal with. But I had nothing but respect for him and what he did because with and from him I learned like you do what you believe in and you fight for it and you stick stick with it. Ralph did like eight films in 10 years, exactly how he wanted to do them. He didn't care what was, he did what he wanted to. He didn't do focus groups. He didn't do anything. And he got them made his way. And whether you like his films or, or hate his films or like Ralph or don't like Ralph, you got to give a guy credit for that. So I got that, that staying power from him. And also because him, I got that does still run through you. Like if, if you just give me that little bit, I know from knowing you that you do walk your line. You're like, this is how I want it. This is how I'm going to do it. And you know, it's going to land where it lands. But I mean, all your stuff is amazing. So it lands really well, but I can understand you getting that from him at that foot. Oh, well, thanks. And uh, the next, the me next mentor would probably be Lou Scheimer or, or semi-mentor at Filmation, just because he gave me the opportunity to direct, produce, and writing and so it uh toward just a couple of years before the studio uh closed down he gave me the opportunity to do a lot of stuff because he believed in my talent and my ability and you know it was fraught with all kinds of stuff i'd quit on him he'd hire me back all kind of the usual stuff but you know so i really think he was another key player and from him i got a loyalty towards workers he was most known for he was the last american studio television studio to keep all the work in america every bit of it and ultimately, it probably is why they went out of business to some extent. But he fought for that, and the crew was important to him. And he, he always wanted the best possible product you could do under circumstances. And to me, I think he saw somebody that could give him something that he didn't imagine. He couldn't go, well, I, if I do this, it'll be better. I would say, well, Lou, let's try this. And he'll, he could recognize that, yeah, that would be better, and he would let me do it. The third one would be at Marvel. Yeah. Oh, go on. 
No, I was just saying that's trust, just like hearing you say that, that's amazing. And then the third one was at Marvel, uh, Rick Unger, which was kind of, uh, I was there, I was doing a, producing and directing a special, a primetime special for McDonald's called The Magic Paintbrush. And Rick was brought in to kind of gut Marvel, basically, and because it was spending a lot of money. And I just happened to be the last producer standing. And, uh, and he had this property called Biker Mice from Mars. And I thought, well, what the hell is this? Biker Mice from Mars? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Just sounds like a turtle's ripoff. So as the last producer, he said, okay, you got to come on Saturday with another producer, and we're going to try to come up with a promo film to do for it so he can go sell it. So I came in, and what I did is I took the, the music, the main title music, and drove around for hours trying to concoct images of a series I didn't really know all that much about. Came in, pitched that to Rick. He liked it. I found myself as producer in the series. Then I started running the studio, and then I was in charge of development, and then I had it, and then Marvel got involved, and I started doing Fantastic Four and Iron Man and all that. But basically, Rick trusted me, and that became a real lesson to me in how to be hands-off with people. You hire people, and you hopefully hire people that are better than you. Don't be So many people are afraid to hire people that are a threat. To me, I hope everybody I hire is better than me. I really do. Well, that goes into, and, and, and well, that's like, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room because then you can't learn anything. You know, mm -hmm. you want smarter people around you. And that, well, that gives me to my next question. I know that you have, and I have talked about when you're hiring, you hire key positions. I know that you are very equal opportunity. You hire women in key positions. But what are, um, like, what are skills and qualities that you look for when you are hiring? Because I think that's important when women are looking for jobs, you know, especially right now, we have to eventually are going to start picking back up. What do you look for? What skills and, you know, what qualities are you looking for when you're hiring key positions? Well, uh, if I'm high, it, there's two kinds of key positions. There's production and there's the artistic end, right? right. Artistic end, obviously, you have to be qualified artists. Okay. And so that goes without saying, but overall, what I look for is sort of an enthusiasm, meaning they aren't go, yeah, just give me the damn job. I just want to pay my bills. I'm, you know, you know, I don't expect people to put in extra time. I'm not a, I'm a real union guy. I'm a hardcore union employer. Um, and, uh, and so, but I want them to, and I want them to be able to speak up. I don't look for people that don't speak up. I believe I can take, part of what I have to be as a producer, as a leader, and I should be able to take anybody's grief. They can tell me if my idea is no good, because ultimately when you're making a project, the best idea left standing should win. Now, some of that's self-serving, admittedly, because as producer, director, I know who gets the credit, it's me, you know, but, you know, but still, I want people to do that, and I look for people, I like people with a sense of humor, so you can have fun, but that isn't necessary. Not everybody's a clown, you know? And, um, and, but I look, look for people that want to work hard and are dedicated to what they want to do. And they like, they like what they're doing. And, um, it's, uh, that's kind of the overall thing. Now in production, as you and I spoke about, I tend to almost exclusively hire women because I find it goes back to my harangue a few minutes ago about women being superior. I think women are better at multitasking. I think women can be more loyal. I think they're more dedicated to the job. I think that's just in our genes because I think back in the caveman days, what was my job? I had to go out and kill a mammoth and try not to get killed. Okay. That, that was my job. Basically women had to stay there, keep the hearth in the home, raise kids, make food, make clothes, 
they had to do all this stuff. And so I think it's hardwired into us. I really do. And I think women are just far more dependable in a production way than, than men. And artistically, of course, they're the equal of men in every way. You know, that isn't taking any away from that. But I just, that tends to be what I look for is people that are dedic will be dedicated to the job and not, I'm just a pit stop on the way. Right. Well, I like that. And I think, I do think that women are, that can be very dedicated to, to something, a person, a project, a job. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I do think women can multitask a little better. Some of the men, I mean, I, I've worked with some amazing men, but sometimes they do not multitask as well. You know, we all have the same amount of hours in a day. And sometimes I feel like, did you not have four hours in the day today? But that's okay. Neither here nor there. Um, well, I'll say this, at studios, I've had to break up fistfights between guys. I've never had to break up a fistfight between women. So, that's like crazy to me. <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's, it's, it's simple. It, you know, it doesn't be sexist. I'm an old hippie. So I, I really believe everybody's absolutely equal. I'm staggered that women don't make what men make. Oh, I, I don't even get that. I go, how can that be? What do you mean? I don't yeah. go. A woman doesn't walk in and go, well, I'll pay her less. I go, well, no, here, you get what everybody gets. There you go. I, I tend to think that women, unfortunately, I've had several conversations with different people. I think women do not, yes, because we have not been in the workforce as long. I think it's going to take time. I think women are shy when it comes to money. I even know my personal self that there's been times where I've not, even when it's given to me, I've shied away sometimes, whereas I don't think men shy away from asking what they want, asking how much they think they're worth, how much they're going to, like, they're not asking for that raise. I just don't think men are um, intimidated by money, and I don't know if it comes back to loyalty, like, oh, well, if you're not going to pay me that, I'll just go over there, like, no big deal, whereas a woman's like, but I want to work here, I want to be here, like, so I need to just get raised, you know, so, I, and, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but I do think women tend to shy away a little bit from the money conversation. Um, yeah, well, well, as far as creatively, like on Bomb Queen, now I'm not going to say this is absolute because I don't want to end up in the bad side of some government lawsuit or something. I would be inclined to hire a completely female crew for Bomb Queen. I mean, directors, producers, writers, artists. And part is a very female oriented show, script idea. Yeah, it, it, well, part, it's that. But part of it is also, it's very edgy, as you know. I mean, she walks around basically with hardly any clothes on. What, you know, I mean, that's just, that's her empowerment. She's thinking, if you touch me, I'll kill you. I'll tell you if you can touch me or not. And, um, and just, it makes sense to have women heading that up because they can bring a, a perspective that as a man, I just can't do. I, I'm always gonna have some kind of a, a you know, a, a set, aesthetic on things i may not understand and so i think it makes a smart move to do that let them do it and if she's running around with basically with very little on i just have to point at stephanie and go well it's, you you produced it it's your fault it's not my <laughs> hey, hey hey well but i think then you, you round the character then so that it is an empowerment because some may not understand that but if women are writing it they can instill what makes that show an empowerment women and they can put that into the characters the mm -hmm. qualities that we can learn to like and the qualities that we won't like and why we don't like this i think they give that dimension to her and, and i think i would like to think of myself as trying to be the ryan murphy of animation you know who ryan murphy is yes 
you know, of course. You know, I mean, he does that. He's got all kinds, you know, he, he really spreads the opportunity. I would like to do that in my waning years as a producer. I would like to go out as, that's what I did. That's kind of one of my legacies. Forget the shows, forget everything else of it. But it was like, boy, he really helped me get a break here. He really pushed this. He stood behind it. And that's something Lou Scheimer kind of did for me. He kind of, he, he got, he, I learned that from him, how to be a decent human being about the whole thing. Oh, I like that. I really like that. Um, so just one more kind of question then. In animation, what is something that you would like to see change? It could be like in studios, the actual animation part of it, art of it, but what is something that you want, maybe more, you know, women's stories, things, anything. What is something that you want to see that, or and maybe in process of changing or not, that's happening in animation? Well, on the business side, I'd like to see the big studios broken up. I think it's indecent and without picking on them because they're just companies. But think about Disney. Disney owns Disney, Pixar, Disney Animation, Disney TV, ABC, Star Wars, Marvel, Muppets. That's not right. And it, it, to me, that, that harms independence and creativity, meaning they control everything. Versus there's little productions like the Ralph Bakshi, you know, who working at Ralph was kind of like working on the Pluto of the animation universe. You kind of, you weren't in the mainstream, but you, you were there doing your own thing. And that becomes less of an opportunity now. So people have to come up through the ranks to do that kind of, I mean, it, it, makes, it makes it harder to do that and to get actual hands-on experience. So I'd like to see that change. As far as your sex, I, and things are going that way now, I'd like to see uh, more adult animation. You know, I really would of things that are more instead of it being a kids show. As we talked about, I'm trying to do R-rated animated horror films, and everybody loves the idea when I go pitch it. But it's weird because then all of a sudden, sooner or later, they start going, "Well, where's the squirrel? Where's the princess? Where is it?" Because they think animation is for kids, and I very want to because I think it's a viable medium. And so many films that everybody loves came from graphic novels like Walking Dead, right. for example, uh, Road to Perdition. There's all kinds of stuff that came from comic books or, or and it's adult themed that became live action movies. So I think that would be something I'd really like to see done. I think that's really fair. And I hope, you know, there is some, you know, with like, you know, studios like Netflix and Prime and all of them kind of doing their own. I don't know how far they're really hitting the animation sector. Um, and I even think of Hulu does animation originals, but that's still under a Disney umbrella. Um, you know, I find that actually a really interesting, a really interesting point time I actually haven't thought about. Um, so what is, this is called Wicked Wisdom. What is a last parting wisdom that you could give our female, predominantly female listeners? Of course, not everybody will be, um, female listening, but what is something that you could tell them to help them if they were trying to get into animation? What is something you would want to tell them? Well, if you want wisdom, maybe I should help you get somebody else. Um, but, You've already given us 20 minutes of wisdom. But uh, I guess what it is, is recognize the playing field. Um, and be willing to try just a little bit more because like it or not, it's still a little bit unfair. And the one thing I encourage every worker and women in particular, because they work to benefit, is if you if you're, go somewhere, be unionized. I'm a big believer in be a union. 
get belong to a union or if you start sometimes you have to start at a studio that is a union don't be afraid to try to unionize it because that's the only power you have and that way a union you automatically get the same pay everything like that and then you can find your way into it more um but as far as you just have to rec i think a, 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 a woman starting out it's animation is a pretty equal field it's really is as far as the entertainment industry goes but you have to try a little harder be and make if you if you draw well draw better if you do computer animation well do it better because you can't go into someplace and go well, i'm as good as the guy that guy you got to be better than them because you've got something to prove and sooner or later quality will win out i really i don't know if that's too preachy but that's how i kind of see it no i like that i think that that is it's an unfortunate truth we still have to work harder we don't get to be like oh we're a woman we're getting recognized just recognize us no we still have to work we do have to work harder and i think that's in a lot of our lives but i think that's important that we recognize it that we still have to work harder yeah you, it, it, i mean it's okay to complain about it. it's okay that it's unfair but you gotta you gotta take it on you really like when i started out i wasn't the best artist but i kept working harder and ultimately i think i surpassed in many ways people that were better than me because I worked at it, they kind of sat back and go, hey, I've got a natural ability, I draw a little better, I can do this. And they didn't work as hard as I did. That's how I taught myself to be a writer, to be a producer, to be a director, to be a storyboard artist. I kept moving up because I was trying to do it. And part of that came from simply not being the golden boy in the beginning. Golden okay, boy. Interesting. And you, just to tell everybody listening, you're an amazing artist. <laughs> I've seen your, your work, which is like, blows my mind. And your script writing is phenomenal, especially if it's some if someone listening, you haven't seen an a script that's for animation. It is so different than a regular script that I do encourage you to go look one up um, because they are quite fascinating to read. And it's, it's, it's actually, I would say, a lot funner to read than a regular script as well. So I find that, that really cool. Well, I, I guess the thing to say is um, never be content. Mm. Don't get smug. Don't think, ah, hell, I got this. Always be trying. Like, I go to this writer group with you, Stephanie. Well, clearly, I probably don't need to go. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I bring the scripts in. There are a couple comments, usually from you, and uh, and you know, but because I, I know how to do it. Aside from my opinion, it's, it's, uh... <laughs> and you've, you you've provided some good insights. But um, as in, it's you never be smug. You always want to improve. And always realize that you can get better and better. And you know, don't don't tell people how good you are. Prove it. You know, like, like you know, as far as scripts, there's writing, and then script writing is its its own particular thing. Uh, you you want to? Um, I, I I like the people in the writers group probably don't like me because I I have a fair amount of disdain for writers, <laughs> full of themselves. But to me, it's like story is hard scripts are easy and by that i mean you make your story work first don't dive in and write a script and think everybody's going to love it and because scripts are pretty simple i've told you it's like the you know what is it, the four s's in the c there's story structure character and short sentences that's a script you, you, you are very good at short sentences you know but that's what it is nobody wants to read war and peace you know they want to get through it quickly and you make it you make every word count and so but it's the, the biggest advice is don't be smug don't don't go to an animation school and come out of there and show up at my studio with a bunch of drawings of hello kitty i go 
well, what the hell am I going to do with that? Can you do this? When I used to interview people uh, at Marvel, for example, they would come from Cal Arts, and somebody come in and look for a job, some young person, and I'd say, oh, so uh, I'd look at their stuff, and sometimes it's pretty good, sometimes it's basically average about where you think it would be, and they go, well, what job are you looking for? And they go, well, I'm a director. And I go, oh, well, you see, I'm not hiring geniuses this week. <laughs> over there that have been in this business for years I need somebody that can draw well for storyboard cleanup and I think you got to get a little better in your drawing here mm. and so always be never go in there and just act like you're the best start however you can let your quality and your ambition and your product prove who you are I love that Tom and I think that's a great place to end so I want to thank you for joining us and I hope everybody enjoyed this interview and got something that I'm fortunate to get out of you every other Tuesday um, when, when we do our writers meet, um, which is just phenomenal. You have phenomenal experience and background. So thank you so much for joining us. I know that people can find you on your, you have a website. I know that you have one, it's g7animation.com. Um, seven is just the letter seven, so g7animation.com. Tom is on LinkedIn. He is on social media. Probably the not the most active, but um, I think you 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 are. Um, I think if they want to find out more from you, they can go to your LinkedIn and your your website at least. Yeah, I'll, I'll always answer questions like Facebook if somebody finds me or so. I'll, I'll answer a question because I, 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 one last thing: always be humble in what you do. Always remember that you're lucky if you work in the film business to be have this job. I've had bad jobs in my time. I've driven manure trucks. I've had, you know, I've worked in a foundry. I've had, I, I worked clean, siphoning out outhouses. I've had bad jobs. Working in film is not bad. It's not even hard. It's something, <laughs> but it's not hard. And remember at the other end of what you do is an audience that cares a great deal about what you do and always treat your audience and your fans well. They aren't beneath your contempt. They deserve everything because without them, you would have no job and you would be there siphoning out outhouses or something like that. So right. always be humble. I love that. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining us today. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.